Welcome to my podcast, How to Parent Peacefully. Join me, Pamela Query, Certified Hand-in-Hand Parenting Instructor, as I share with you the secrets to parenting with connection, not control. If you're ready to enjoy raising your children by creating a peaceful home where kids want to cooperate and you keep your cool, you're in the right place. You'll be inspired to create a peaceful and playful home without resorting to threats or bribes so that you can create lifelong connected relationships with your kids and support them to be happy, confident and peaceful. Welcome. Welcome, dear parents. So it is February and all of this month I am going to be talking about us parents, why parenting is so hard why we find ourselves losing it with our children so often. So I'm going to be talking a lot about the relationship that we have with ourselves, the relationship we have with our emotions and our own nervous systems, because I have really come to believe that 90% of parenting comes down to how patient we are feeling, uh, how much support we have, how stressed we are. And The thing is, I'm sure you've all experienced this, that when you are feeling calm and patient and well-resourced, when all your needs have been taken care of, when you have no worries, you have no stresses, at those times, parenting is easy. You know how to be loving and kind and respectful and patient towards your children. And your children respond whenever you are in that place, then nothing seems to be a problem. They seem to be able to manage uh, whatever it is that you're asking them to do. They want to get on board. They want to be part of it. They want to help. They want to do what you want them to do. Everything runs so smoothly whenever you are in that good place, when the stars are all aligned and you're feeling well-resourced and kind and patient and loving, all those things. Um, and, you know, the reason our kids do respond so well is because, you know, we have the time to listen to them. And then from that flows everything. Everything goes really well. And, you know, we've probably had glimpses of this, uh, th- you know, throughout our parenting journey, however long you've been a parent. You've probably had these little moments when you felt really deeply connected to your kids, uh, where they're a joy to be around. Uh, where they can do no wrong, you can do no wrong, and you have just so much to give to them. Um, And this is the place we want to spend more of our time in. And sometimes you only get these little glimpses of what that is like and how how great that feels for us. And if it feels great for us, then it feels really great for our children as well. So I've come to believe that really our number one mission as parents is to take care of ourselves and to make sure our needs are being met and to make sure that we are well resourced and our nervous systems are feeling calm and regulated. Often it is not the case that we are feeling calm and patient. So much gets in the way. So today, that's what I wanna talk about. I want to talk about the three biggest reasons that I believe we get angry with our kids, that everything gets too much for us and that we lose our temper with our kids and that we struggle with parenting. Uh, And, you know, I'm really talking about the bigger picture here. Like, yes, on the surface, on the surface level, we the the reasons we might lose it with our children, we might often we blame our kids for making us angry and for pushing us to the brink. Uh, You know, if only they would clean up after themselves or if only they would listen to me without arguing for once, if they just get ready in the mornings without me asking them a million times, then I wouldn't lose it with them. 
But what I'm arguing today is that there really are bigger reasons at play as to why we get to that point of arguing with our kids, why we get into those power struggles and those those disagreements in the first place, why we run out of patience so quickly, so much of the time. Uh, because, you know, when we approach these situations calmly and unruffled with lots of empathy, they usually resolve themselves or go so much better, but it's really, really difficult to get into that place of feeling patient and empathic towards our children. So that's what I want to talk about today. And there are, for me, there's, I mean, there's probably more than this, but uh, I have, I have narrowed it down to three things that make it really, that the three broad concepts that make it hard for us to deal with our children in kind and compassionate ways whenever they're struggling. The first one is whenever we have a lot of current stress. So in the current moment, whenever we're super stressed, that makes it really difficult. The second, and it is interrelated to current stresses, it, it is whenever we have unmet needs. Us as parents, whenever our needs are not being met. And the third reason is whenever we as parents are carrying a lot of unresolved trauma that makes it really hard for us as well. And I'm going to unpack each of those a little bit as we move through this. So, so the problem is that our society, our culture, it's not very well set up to provide parents with the environment they need to be in top condition to parent, okay? So I often compare parenting or I feel it's like being an elite athlete, not that I know what being an elite athlete is, but I can imagine. Um, you know, I'm thinking of an athlete who is in at Olympic level, you know, Olympic level training or Olympic level condition, um, and they are performing at their very highest level. And if anything is off balance in their system, in their training, in their lives, whether it's their nutrition or they have an injury or they don't, you know, the, 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 the conditions aren't right outside, it's too hot or it's too cold or whatever it might be, then they can't reach, they, they can't perform at that high level. Everything needs to be in place. Plus they need a huge support team around them. So they can't just perform at that level on their own without the support of many, many other people. And so I feel like that's what it's like as parents, that we are like elite athletes. So we have to be in like prime condition to be able to be really on top of our game and really parent in the way that our children need us and expect us and want us to show up every single day. And there's no days off. There's no off season. There's no rest season. It's bam, bam, bam. Every single day we are expected to show up at our very, very best. So I like to think of us as like performance athletes. Um, so, and the problem is that uh, let's face it, there is a lot that is off balance in this modern world that uh, that isn't supporting us to be the elite parenting athletes that we want to be for our children and that we need to be. Uh, so that's what I want to talk about today um, and why parenting is so hard, you know, why we find it hard to be the calm, patient parent that we really, really want to be and the, the standard that we want to hold ourselves to. And why so often we find ourselves feeling really burnt out and exhausted by parenting so that we end up just taking it out on our kids. There's only so much we can give. We've just got the, the, the cup is empty. The well is dry. We have nothing left. Uh, and I think this is really important why uh, it is so often not about us as individuals, but it is about the wider issues in our culture. 
And in fact, I think seeing ourselves as individuals is part of the bigger problem. We live in this Western culture. It's a very individualistic culture. We're told that we're responsible for ourselves um, and for our own behavior. And that, that the bigger picture and seeing ourselves as part of a community and part of a society uh, is, isn't as important. And the, the, but the thing is, when we look at human beings as a species, we are not individuals. We are a social species. We need community to function properly. We can't survive or thrive in isolation. Um, I, I like to think about, you know, anytime I go to the zoo and I'm thinking of going to the zoo and I see like, say, the lions and they're in these enclosed spaces and they're pacing up and down and their coats look dull and they have these behaviors that are really unnatural to them and they're clearly not thriving they don't look happy and it feels so wrong you know we can take one look at that and go this is wrong that's not how they should be living and yes they don't have to want for anything they get fed they've got no you know no worries they get their medical needs taken care of but they shouldn't be living like this so i really feel the same about us as humans at the minute that we have all these comforts or many of us have comfort, some of us don't even have that. Uh, but I think if, if someone was looking in from the outside at us humans, they would think the same. And, and I'm talking about this Western culture that we're living in, um, that uh, how, we are, how we are living now is so unnatural. It goes against our human instincts and we're suffering as a result, but it has become normal to us. And the thing is that in order to raise children, and even, you know, even as adults, um, we need community. We, we need community to thrive. We need to be in relationship with other people. And of course, we've all heard of this, um, the, this saying, it takes a village to raise a child. And that, you know, it is so true that we need community around us. We have evolved over many you know, tens of thousands of years to live and raise our children in these small band hunter-gatherer groups. Even agriculture is a new development for us that we haven't fully adjusted to yet. What, what we evolved to be is to be in these small band hunter-gatherers. And in these small groups, we all lived and learned and grew together. There was no hierarchy. There was no power over nobody telling anyone else what to do or where to sleep or what time to go to bed. We all ate the same thing every day. There was no, you know, ultra processed food. There were no screens to distract us. Kids spent their days in these mixed age groups with other kids, you know, to, and they played all day. That's how they learned. They learned everything they needed about life through play. Uh, and parents and extended family were there to support and guide the kids whenever they needed it. At, you know, intervals throughout the day, there was always parents kind of watching or other adults being watchful, keeping an eye out, but kids were given a lot of freedom to figure things out themselves and to figure out their own social interactions. And, you know, the load of survival and, and parenting and providing was shared by everyone. And everybody knew each other from the cradle to the grave, you know, and we didn't have to, we rarely had to mix or get to know new people. And that gives a lot of security and a lot of safety to our nervous systems. So obviously it's very different now um, where we're living in these small nuclear families. And this is only such a recent, a very, very recent thing in the past couple of generations that we're living in these small nuclear families. We don't know our neighbors well very often. We don't have, many of us don't have extended family close by. 
schools, the whole school system has only been around for the last hundred or so years. And schools often don't meet children's needs for emotional support and attachment and learning through play. Uh, so, and the thing is that in this modern society, parents have a whole lot of stress. We often have to work really long hours doing jobs that we don't find fulfilling. Uh, it is a struggle to provide and to provide safety and security uh, financially and physically for our children, for our families. So, you know, you get the picture. Um, and of course, on top of that as well is that, you know, the stress of providing for uh, and the stress of living in modern society uh, and all of that that brings. Of course, if we zoom out another layer, we have all the bigger systemic problems, you know, of the, the patriarchy and sexism, uh, the capitalism and how that's created, you know, classism and racism and ableism, homophobia, transphobia. We have all these big isms and big structural systemic problems that uh, that and that, that's about the hierarchy of, of the, the power, how power is distributed and those that have more power. Uh, and when more when some people have more power, there has to be those at the bottom who have less power. And that leads to, to huge inequalities. So we have all of that on bubbling away underneath the surface as well. And yes, of course, life is more secure and more comfortable, but you know, we've lost a lot in the process. And don't get me wrong, I don't want to go back to living in a cave somewhere in a small band hunter gatherer. It's not an easy life. It wasn't easy. Um, but people uh, were having their needs met and people were more content and people were happier. So I hope that we can reclaim some of what we have lost. Um, and if we can look back and see how much our ancestors actually had that, you know, was was meeting their needs. And my ideal, my dream is that we can blend that with, you know, all the technology and all the comforts and all those good things about this modern world that we've gotten used to. Uh, but we can bring back some of the things that have fallen away and that we didn't realize were so important uh, as well. Um, so I talk about this because I think it's really important to understand what humans really need to thrive. And, you know, how often we aren't living in ways that can meet all of our needs. I mean, the first thing that I was talking about is like the stress, the, the stress that so many parents are under in this modern world, the stress to provide the stress of these um, systems of power that we live under and that affect us all. Um, and the second thing that's really hard and, you know, these two things are very much interlinked because but the second thing is really around getting our needs met and that so often we're living in ways that uh, we aren't getting our needs met. And of course, that feeds into the stress that we're under. We have physical needs and we also have relational needs. So let's have a little think about that. And you can think about your own situation, how that applies. You know, we have because the thing is that whenever as, as humans, when we do, aren't getting our needs met, that shows up in um, our ability to function well and our, our ability to feel content and our ability to be happen, happy. So that obviously comes through and how we're able to parent our children. When we're getting all of our needs met, we're able to attend to our children's needs. When we are chronically not getting our needs met, then it's really, really hard to be attentive towards our children. So that's the context I'm talking about this in. So we have, of course, our physical needs, the most basic needs to have food and clean water and shelter. OK, and so for many of us, even in the Western world, those basic needs aren't met. And that gives it a, a, um, a real a, 
a layer of stress right there if we're not getting our needs for for um healthy food for clean water for shelter for security and safety if we're not getting those needs met but we also have other physical needs as well on top of that like that that's a very basic you know for survival kind of thing but there's so much more to being human than just surviving we want to thrive as well um together so we have other physical needs that you might think for a little moment about what which of those that you are getting met or which of those that you aren't getting met because we have needs for movement needs for rest and for time for downtime for quiet time for being left alone and just not having to worry about things and think about things we have needs for spending time in nature and feeling connected to the world around us but as well as that then we have our relational needs because we're not in isolation we're not just individuals we are part of a bigger picture and um, so we have we have these other needs that in relation to other human beings to make us feel content and happy um so we have a really as humans we have this really deep need to be seen and to be heard to be understood by others to have this sense of belonging and a sense of purpose in life uh, we have a need for friendships for social groups that we feel safe in for adult company we have real needs for playfulness we're mammals we need to play we, so we have needs for playfulness to experience joy to have fun and laughter um, and you know then we have uh, all these we have spiritual needs as well we have we have needs to feel that we are part of something bigger and uh, that we have purpose in life we also have needs around creativity uh, expressing ourselves intellectually challenging ourselves problem solving you know, so all, we have all these pieces of the puzzle and if you think back to perhaps time before you had before you became a parent before you had children it was so much easier to get a lot of those needs met and because we weren't under stress maybe if we weren't getting all of those needs met we didn't notice it so much but now we have the stress of, of being responsible for like a small human being as well and suddenly if we aren't getting those needs met first of all it's harder to get those needs met and if we aren't getting those needs met it is much much more difficult for us to function because um we're, we're under so much more pressure um so i think whenever i think it's really important to to be aware of what needs we have and to be trying to find ways to actually meet those needs because whenever we get our needs met whenever we notice what needs am i not getting met um and how can i meet those needs then um whenever we are able to fulfill those needs then where everybody around us benefits we are feeling uh, so much better in ourselves and we're able to meet the needs of our children and those around us we're able to contribute a lot more whenever our needs are being met so it benefits everybody around us okay so those are two of the things so one of them is the the parent stress uh, whenever we're under stress the second thing is whenever we're not getting our needs met um the the other thing the third thing i want to talk about that makes parenting so hard in this bigger picture is past trauma okay so whenever us as parents have experienced past trauma when we have unresolved trauma um and that means what that means is that hard things happen to us in the past when probably in early childhood the earlier that that this the earlier the younger we experience hard things happening to us the more difficult it is for us to process that and to recover from that so if we maybe experience fear or grief or worry 
as as young children, then that can be really traumatic for us. However, it's not just the things that happen to us. Sometimes it's what we didn't experience. So if we had needs that weren't met whenever we were young children, whenever we weren't seen and heard, whenever we weren't cared for well, when we weren't listened to, when we weren't taken seriously, when we didn't feel like we belonged, whenever we weren't given choice or autonomy, when there was a lot of power over, when people were controlling what we did or how we behaved. So those things are very traumatic as well. For, for young children. So it's what it's the difficult things that happen to us and it's also the things that didn't happen to us. And the, what happens is that all of these, it's how we experience that in our system and all of these experiences of things that did or didn't happen to us, they get stored away unless they, of course, unless they're heard or healed in the moment, unless we're supported, unless we have an, a safe adult there with a well-regulated nervous system to support us and see us in our pain and in our trauma and to help us to process that. If we didn't have that, then those experiences get stored away in our nervous system. And I love this analogy that from Paddy Whitfler is that we have this, um, they get packed away into our emotional backpack. I love that visual of us you know, packing them away and um, can't deal with it now, let's put it in the backpack. And that backpack gets heavy and we are, we're carrying it around. We're carrying all those lifetime of, of unresolved emotions around in this backpack. And then as adults, what happens is that these, these emotions, and actually as children as well, that um, these unresolved emotions in our backpack, they want to come up and out and be healed in the present moment. We're always trying to move towards healing as humans. Uh, but you know that the problem is that whenever we don't have a reliable and a, a um, safe way of recovering and healing from those emotions, then we're always trying to stuff them back into our backpack. Uh, and then whenever we have a lot in there, they're popping out all over the place and causing us difficulties. And you know, whenever we become parents, often we can manage our backpack when we're younger and we're carrying this around, we mightn't even be aware of it. But parenting, for many of us, parenting brings a lot of these past hurts up to the surface. Our children, we're in close emotional relationship with our children and our children remind us of when we were children and they are very emotional little people and they, um, they trigger these big emotions for us in the present. So that really affects our ability to be calm in the moment. When um, the current situation triggers our unresolved pain and our unresolved trauma. And the thing is that we all have different emotional backpacks. So some of us have very, very full backpacks. So we get triggered easily. The feelings are right on the surface. They're ready to come out, um, especially if we're stressed and our needs haven't been met. That's what we were talking about before. So whenever we've got a lot of parent stress, whenever our needs aren't being met, then it's harder for us to keep on top of that emotional backpack. And we don't have the resources to keep the lid on and everything spills out, gets very messy. Um, and some of us are more fortunate and our backpacks aren't so full, perhaps because we've done quite a lot of therapy or healing work. Um, and that's really helped us to resolve those feelings and free up some space in the backpack. Or maybe we just didn't have as much in there. Maybe we had uh, quite a secure uh, childhood that we didn't build up as many of those difficult, tricky experiences and pack them into our backpack. Maybe we had an adult who listened to us when we were children. Many of us didn't have that experience. Uh, and now we're trying to provide that for our own children so that their backpack doesn't get so full so quickly. Um, so 
I really like to look at people that way, not as, you know, these annoying, judgmental, bad people, um, but just that to see people through this lens of um, their, you know, that we all have these different emotional backpacks. Some people have more to carry than others, and we don't know they're invisible as well. These backpacks are invisible. Um, and, you know, some people don't have the same skills or capacity to cope with their backpack as others. So I think that's that can help us really bring a lot of compassion whenever we're looking at someone. We're not just looking at them. We're we're getting curious about what brought them to this point. Why are they behaving in the way that they're behaving? Uh, what can I from their behavior? What can I tell about the contents of their backpack and how much they're carrying around these invisible burdens that they have carried through life through through their lives? Um, so I really think that um, whenever we can see this bigger picture of why parenting is so hard, we can really start to have more compassion towards ourselves and towards others. And we're all in very different situations. Some of us have a lot more opportunities and a lot more privilege than others when, when it comes to when it comes to this. But I think it's really helpful to look at, at parenting and parents and and other people that aren't parents as well, grandparents and other family members through this through this lens of, you know, what what current stresses do they have in their lives? What needs of theirs do they have? And all our needs are valid. And um, there's no such thing as a, an unvalid need. If we need it, we need it. And um, what unmet needs do this, does this person have? Um, and what kind of emotional backpack are they carrying carrying around with them? What kind of trauma are they carrying around that makes it hard for them to show up in the present? It makes it much easier for them to get triggered by whatever circumstances are going on in the present. And whenever we start to see things through that way, and um, the next point then is, I mean, we can get really curious about what's going on for people in those ways. Then we can start to look at ways to fix it both at an individual level and it's really we can't just take the individual level we have to look at that bigger societal cultural level as well uh, because we can't fix this all on our own the responsibility isn't solely on us as individuals this is the bigger picture and parenting is such an important job that we need to see it in terms of not just one parent to child interaction but the bigger picture the bigger system of how as a society we value and support parents uh, and whenever we start to look at this, we can start to look at ways of how we can actually fix it. Um, so I'm going to be talking about this a lot more as we move through the month of February. And the reason I'm talking about this is that I have an online course coming up and it's called The Shouting Solution. And I will be launching it in the next few weeks. And it's all about how we can move beyond yelling at our kids. And the first part of this is understanding like really understanding why parenting is so hard and to to have to come at it from this uh, approach that it's not about fixing you know you there's something wrong with you you're doing it wrong you're shouting at your kids therefore you're a bad parent you are a failure you you're not enough you're not doing enough you just have to work harder at this and um, so really but not coming from it from you know that's that's a very narrow lens through which to view this that you you know you aren't feeling and instead if we come at it that from this angle that we are living in this very messy world that is not set up to meet our needs and in fact is set up to cause us extra stress um and 
we are living in this world that is not trauma informed it doesn't take into and what trauma informed to me means is that um the extent to which we take into account this invisible emotional backpack that people are carrying around with them so and generally speaking our systems our society our relationships don't take into account this invisible trauma that all of us are carrying to a greater or lesser extent so of course it's hard of course parenting is hard of course we get grumpy and we lose it with our kids of course we really struggle with these things and you know the the, the amazing thing is and the question we we should be saying is like it's amazing that we aren't losing it with our children more it's amazing that and it's a testament to how much love and commitment and dedication parents have towards their children that they don't lose it more and that they do everything they possibly can to uh, give the best to their children despite all the odds that are kind of stacked up against us that still parents do their very best to um to do to provide for their children and to show up and to heal from their past trauma um, so um, so that they can really be the best parent they can be for their children. So I think it's really important to whenever we are doing that work is to show up in this context of um, we are we are all under a lot of stress. We all have these unmet needs. How can we get those needs met? How can we reduce the stress that we're under by bringing in more emotional support or changing things in our lives? Um, and um, then how can we look at this emotional backpack, this invisible emotional backpack that we have as well. So I'm going to be talking about that a lot more. Um, I am really looking forward to launching the Shouting Solution. It's going to be an online, I think a four week online um, course. Uh, and I'm going to be talking a lot more about that over the coming weeks. If you're really curious and you want to be the first to hear about it, reply, message me. Um, reply to whatever emails I've sent out if you're on my mailing list and you'll be the first to hear about it. Uh, so, and I look forward to talking to you more about this throughout the month of February. I'm really excited about this. I'm so passionate about supporting parents in this way and understanding what makes parenting so hard. So thank you all for listening and I'll talk to you again next week. Would you like to get your kids listening so you don't have to shout and instead you can start enjoying being a parent? Then pop along to my website, pamtheparentcoach.com or follow the link in the show notes to get signed up to my next virtual masterclass. See you next time.